Begin your day with a smile. The Mark and Mac Show, weekday mornings only on liferadio.fm. liferadio.fm it is the mark and mac show and i told mark a minute ago yeah i had a mark night of sleep man <laughs> bless your it, heart it was that's, and it's so funny i thought about that it was 220 and i'm awake <laughs> and i'm like that i absolutely hate that for you I this really is what congleton goes through every day it's like he'll wake up in the middle of the night and is like try to go back to sleep and then finally yeah. just get up surrender yeah it's not every day but it's often <laughs> enough to be a pain <laughs> often enough that i know about it yeah. enough that when it happened to me right. last night i was yeah. like hey this way go he goes through all the time yeah. oh no yeah about once a week i'll tell dave yeah had that <sighs> night again <sighs> rolled over looked at the clock it's 2 a.m i'm wide awake wow I, okay, I surrender yep <laughs> the you know, day starts now yep and and that's okay <laughs> if you you know but no <laughs> you're right no <laughs> that's what you know i was telling uh my when, when back you know because I've always done a morning radio show, you know, yeah, it's like yeah. my goal, because when you have children and you have an option in radio, you work certain shifts on the air and like we did mornings, you know, and you're, and I would, I'm not a good morning person anyway. And mm-hmm. my children are like, because of that, they're not good either. And so doing a morning show, leaving the house before anybody's up and right. being up hours before them, yep. especially when they were in elementary school, yeah. it really was cool because the only time I missed was that, you know, 20 minutes in the morning when it's horrible. Mm. And I, my goal would be to be home to get them from school right. each day. And it was cool. And then I, because they were in elementary school, they would go to bed between 830 and nine. Once got the last one in bed, nine o'clock, boom. And so, you know, I'd get that five and a half hours of sleep. Right. And I think about that now, and I'm like, I did that for years, you know, when they were growing up. Even then, five and a half was, hours. Even then it wasn't enough. Not really. Right. But, but you didn't pay for it like you do now. No, <laughs> not even. Not even close. The other day when I went to, had, to buy a new office chair, um, I'm standing in Staples, and that was one of those mornings that I woke up at like three. I finally gave up, said, all right, fine, yeah. I'm up, you know. And, uh, and so I'm standing in front of the guy, and it's starting to hit me. Right. It's, it's like two in the afternoon and it's starting to hit me. <laughs> I've been for, I've had a haircut. So I've had somebody, you know, running their fingers through my hair and cutting things and talking soft to me and stuff. And I'm going to sleep in the chair. Right. <laughs> and, and, and I'm standing in front of this guy and I'm apologizing because I'm yawning, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sorry. Stop that. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I said, I'm sorry. I woke up at three this morning, been going ever since I knew then it was going to stink later. Guess what? It's starting to stink. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and the guy goes, you know what? I knew there was some stench coming from me. I just wasn't going to say anything. Yeah. But the thing is, we still get up early, just not as early as before. That's and true. it's like, yeah. so all of a sudden four o'clock is not nearly as bad as two forty five. Oh, no, no, it's and not. I don't know why that is. It's got to be a mental. It's only an hour and 15 minutes more, but it's yeah. like, mm. yeah, yeah, of course. So Mark and better. I both go to bed as soon as the uh, old guy buffet is done at four 30 in the afternoon. So there you go. But, it's not yeah. dark yet. I don't care. <laughs> I know. It's like I'm praying for January and December. It's like, yeah, sun's going down at four 30. All right, baby. <laughs> liferadio.fm the mark and mac show and during the music mark's talking about a show that we both are interested in watching and now george knapp that's the guy's that's name george guy's knapp, name. George knapp. Oh, <laughs> sorry i was having to get that out because i could not get it out of my head we were talking about this radio guy who replaced another overnight radio guy and on network it's ufo right. stuff crazy it's yeah you know, it's, it's big one of those foot ufos and the uh yeah. 
the Ohachi octagon, you know, or whatever, <laughs> you know, anyway, it's an interesting, it's very, if you're, if you're into yeah. that kind of stuff, UFOs, flying saucers, that kind of stuff, this Showtime series is pretty interesting. Well, ever yeah. since the Tic Tac and the military came out and said, yeah, we don't know what it is. Right. I, I will tell you that whenever I've looked on things that, uh, especially YouTube videos where people talk about things that are seen uh, at the International Space Station, and I've watched a number of them because, you know, I've seen some weird stuff. But yeah. when I, a lot of these I see, I'm like, dude, that's just something on the lens. or It's not uh -huh. a UFO. And yeah. like, you know, you get those floaters in your eyes sometimes. Yeah. That's all that is. It's yeah. not, you know, how are you freaking out? And when people do this, sometimes I think they're messing with me, Mark. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm like, you know, did do they really believe that this is something worth writing about it's not even worth watching yeah and you read this long description of what they think they're seeing and what yeah. it could mean and you're like okay i think this person might be messing with everybody because there's there's no way they really believe this yeah. and then you realize they really do believe yeah. this and then so. you see the video the military navy video yeah. of this white object floating across the not floating but speeding yeah. across the surface of the ocean oh and yeah then you see the little the, the little uh uh, the radar reticle, the little, mm -hmm. the little brackets. They're trying to, they're, they're trying right. to, they're trying to get a lock on this thing, and finally it goes, bing, and locks on him, and you hear the pilots go, "Whoo, we got him! Yep. Oh, look at him go!" And yeah, you know, they they have no idea what it is. They, mm -hmm. it's just moving really, really fast. And, well, you know, there was a, a documentary that came out. Gosh, it's been in the early '90s, and um, I think a lot of people saw it because they thought it was a comedy. It was called Coneheads, and it was all about this <laughs> other civilization. And uh, I'm telling you, man, I, a lot of people thought it was fiction. You know, they thought it was funny. Ha ha. But, uh, yeah. you know, you could tell by the eight millimeter silent film that was included in it. This mm. was a documentary disguised mm. as a comedy movie. Mm. And uh, there, I'm just saying, you know, sometimes oh. you got to pay attention. You know, Dan Aykroyd is into that stuff. Mm -hmm. And so yeah, Dan Aykroyd yeah. was very involved in the creation of the documentary about uh, the Coneheads. Mm hmm. Yeah. What? Yeah. See, we mock what we don't understand. Oh, I haven't said a word. liveradio.fm the mark and max show and you know a, a quick heads up you've heard us talk about our buddy mike eccles yeah um he's he and uh rita his wife uh we met them years ago doing the mark and mac revival tour and uh they came out with us and we became friends and they've traveled many many parts of this country with us yep uh their daughter kayla uh when she was in her teens also was very involved in coming out and and just we had, the time I remember with her is at Disney when we went down oh. to Disney and Kayla went. <laughs> yep. uh, but Kayla had an appendicitis attack last night. Is actually going into surgery this morning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe which, in there right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're a, a, I was going to say if you're a praying person, but huh. I'm banking on the fact you're listening to us on liferadio.fm. Yeah, uh, that uh, <laughs> if you're not a praying person, um, start man like to find out yeah. why uh you know but anyway uh please keep kayla and the Eccles family in your in your prayers yeah uh, when you know my little brother jim when he was i think fifth grade uh, came home from school and for whatever reason i was in charge and i i mean I, and i'm gonna tell you what even when i was young leaving dave in charge was gee i think that was like something my pain that i was last ditch effort you know i mean my first thought when those words came out of your mouth was what were they thinking and it was they just they there was no other option i mean obviously i mean the anyway so he comes home from school he didn't feel well and we would uh you know being young athletic guys we always played something you know and so yeah. when he came home i thought well i'll entertain him until the folks get home 
and uh, I was, but he didn't want to do it. And he just wanted to lay down. Didn't feel good. Mm. And I, I'm a kid. I didn't know much about stuff, you know, and, uh, I checked on him, you know, he felt a little feverish and anyway, so he wasn't getting any better at all. And I thought, well, I'm in charge. Um, <laughs> what do I do? I mean, do I call 911? But I don't think it's time for an ambulance, you know, but I think the parents ought to know. Yeah. So I call my mom at work. I said, I hate to do this, but, you know, Jim, Jim's sick, you know. Mm. Anyway, his appendix, the, when they got home, he was really sick. They take him to the hospital. They get him in there. They diagnose it. And while he is in there, okay, getting prepped for surgery, boom. Oh. And they were like, it was so bad. You know, had he not been where he was, he might not have made it. Wow. So just think appendicitis, having an attack like that is not anything to mess with. Right. Yeah. It just uh, is so, you know, prayers for Kayla. Glad that she's, uh, you know, getting that. Because that's what I think of every time I hear of an appendix. That's what I think of, Mm. which reminds me of (laughs) the movie Spies Like Us. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> sorry uh, we'll isn't do. that a little guy's cutting into his heart you know it's uh, like that's a little high for an appendix don't you think <laughs> did I, you see me cut <laughs> no i was probing for muscle tone and skeletal girth we mock what we don't understand <laughs> of course we do <laughs> there we go all right so anyway keep uh, kayla in your yeah. person you know of course anybody you know you can let us know uh Go to Facebook and just post messages, private message, whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. LifeRadio.fm, Yield Mark and Mac Show. LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac Show where, hey, a drunk customer is part of our. You know what? You talk about wheelhouse, drunk customer, stupid criminal. Boom, buddy. Here's the wheelhouse, and here we are. We're playing the wheel of meat. This guy wins, you know? <laughs> Tokyo's Kitchen Dive is pretty well, much... Well, by the way, yes. don't know what this is, okay? What's that? I, when I, I'm looking over this story, oh, the, I the do bento, not know. The bento shop? Yeah. I don't, yeah, what? Can you help me? Because I don't okay. know, and I thought, um, I can't be the only one. Uh, in Japan, uh, the bento is kind of like a box you would carry lunch in, okay? So okay. it's... it's uh, so it's like it's called the it, the kitchen dive is sort of a it's a lunch counter place but it's a very okay. popular place so okay bento is is kind of popular like there's well there's ramen okay. places there's bento places there's okay you know, it's 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 a japanese thing okay now i got right. it thanks right well tokyo's kitchen dive is pretty much the perfect example of a crowd pleasing business the uh it, this tokyo bento shop is known for its huge portions rock bottom prices and unpretentious palate pleasing flavor and yet, all that wasn't enough to satisfy a late-night customer who came in during the pre-dawn hours on the morning of May 25th. When he asked for his bento to be warmed up, the staff told him they couldn't accommodate him due to the contact-limiting policies in place because of the Rona, right? Mm-hmm. The man flew into a rage. And in addition to insults like, you're garbage, I make as much money in a month as you do in a year, the staff had coins and bills flung at them. Which is never a polite way to render payment. Well, Kitchen Dive posted its security camera footage of the incident. It went viral, shown on multiple TV news programs in Japan. And shortly thereafter, the man who had thrown the money returned to the Kitchen Dive with a gift and an apology. Neither of which the management was in any mood to accept. Oh, wow. (laughs) Instead, telling the man to turn himself in to the police. Wow. The man did so. And after a month of investigating, he's now been placed under arrest as Kitchen Dive reported in this tweet. 
Quote, took them a month to figure this yeah, out. Yeah, I know. The it's drunken video and the guy admitted it. Yeah, well, it's it's a different culture. The drunken person who came into Kitchen Dive's main Kamado branch in the middle of the night and assaulted our staff has been arrested. We can't say any more than that since the investigation is ongoing, but we wanted to inform everyone. Well, surprisingly, wow. the man who threw the money works in the restaurant industry himself. He's an owner and manager. In a follow-up tweet, Kitchen Dive says that one of his employees anonymously contacted either the restaurant or the police to reveal his identity, leaving Kitchen Dive wondering how horrible a boss he must be to his own workers. Wow. You know, now that makes a little sense, okay? Because... I would expect them to be a little forgiving, you know, when somebody apologizes. I'm mm, yes. really sorry. But knowing he's in the industry yeah. and ought to know, not only ought to know better, you know, but yeah. wow. I don't, I, I don't I, know about you. I, I think that's also, I, I think that's also a Japanese culture thing. It's just not, yeah. you know, not that, not, no, you crossed a line. Deal with it. You know? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Hmm. I, I don't disagree. I just had no idea of what this was. That's why I asked. And I, I as I was asking you, I thought, boy, I hope Mark knows what this is. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> well, you know, I've watched, I watch a lot of travel yeah. stuff. And so right. there are, there are three, <laughs> maybe four people who are, who live in Japan yeah. who do YouTube videos and they're not okay. Japanese. And right. I follow these people just to okay. see what they're up to. And so cool. I know a little bit just from that mm. contact about the Japanese well, culture. So there was a place in garden Grove, California called yeah. Belisle's. And it was my favorite restaurant because that was their, their take on things was everything was huge. Mm -hmm. Like, um, yeah. when you got a bowl of soup, you know, it yeah. came out in a family size bowl, your salad, family size salad, you know, the platter was 36 inches long. They didn't give you a doggy bag. They gave you a people bag. You took home more than you could eat. I'm not kidding. That was their whole trick to everything. That's fine. I don't, I was a kid when we went there, so I don't know if, if cost was relevant. I don't know if it was any, you know, I just remember that when they said Belial's, I was like, Oh man, I'm in. <laughs> uh, yeah, buddy. Yeah. liferadio.fm it's the mark and max show and when i see a headline police you know mm -hmm. i'm thinking this could be <laughs> it might be a stupid criminal story it just might be no! a pennsylvania man is in jail after police say he broke into a home wearing only his underwear and hid in the basement claiming he could not move because he was a bomb Oh, he. Yes, he was mm -hmm. a bomb. It's yeah. the second Wait, arrest for Wasn't this one of the Marvel um, Cinematic Universe <laughs> movies where when, when a bomb isn't a bomb, it's a person? <laughs> Underwear boy. Um, yeah. and this is the second arrest for 33-year-old Roy Smith in the past 10 days. Smith had his bail modified and was released from the Blair County Prison after police said he barricaded himself in the basement of a storage facility. Smith was soaking wet. He was soaking wet and bleeding from numerous spots on his body when Greenfield Township Police talked him out of the basement in a home um, <laughs> at about 8 a.m. on Monday. This is according to the charges. A passerby told police he was driving by the home when he was flagged down by a man in black underwear on the porch. The driver stopped, and the man, who turned out to be Smith, was irate and trying to tell him something. The passerby told cops he tried to reason with Smith, and when the homeowner woke up and came to the door, Smith used a chair that was on the porch to break a window. 
So he's okay, on the so, porch of somebody oh, else's house. Right. Okay. <laughs> in his black underwear. Yes. And he's flagging down passing motorists at Spe- 8 o'clock in the morning. Speaking okay. gibberish. Yes. 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 When Smith climbed through that broken window, the homeowner walked outside and Smith then headed for the basement. He was in the basement when the police got there with the homeowner and passerby waiting at a neighbor's house. Smith had locked the doors to the home, so police had to kick the basement door in. The Smith was face down on the concrete floor, bleeding from spots all over his body, according to the charges filed. Of course, he crawled through the broken window. He got all yeah. cut up, right? Well, Smith wow. told the Greenfield Township Police uh, Chief, Ronald Sharkey Sr., that he couldn't move because he was a bomb, and if he moved, he would die. That's what police noted in their charges. Mm-hmm. After taking to, to poli- uh, talking to police for about a half an hour, Mr. Smith emerged. He was wet and bleeding. He was taken to uh, the UPMC Altoona uh, for treatment and arraigned Tuesday morning for on a felony count of criminal mischief and a misdemeanor charge of criminal mischief. Bail was set at $75,000 cash, and uh-huh. uh, they stuck him wow. in the Blair County Prison with a preliminary hearing set for the 19th of this month. I'm, I'm saying just for the sake of uh, trying to be fair mm-hmm. that maybe this guy needs a trip to the fifth floor, you know, <laughs> I'm thinking you're I'm, right. This is not somebody that needs to be in jail. I mean, you're yeah. going to put this crazy with, I, look, jail is filled with people who have mental illness. Okay. True. Yes. But this guy's going through some kind of psychotic episode. How mm-hmm. do you put him in jail with people who, you know, well, yeah, I mean, who's really getting the treatment, you know? <laughs> I mean, right. Is it fair that your roomie is a nut job, you know, who's no, in jail yeah. because, I mean, I don't know that it's serving anybody's purpose with that. Right. I mean, this guy could be just somebody who's off his meds, off his treatments, yeah. you know. So, I am so, kind of, yeah. I'm, I'm surprised that somebody driving down the street. Now, I, I, again, we I picture neighborhoods like my own when something like this happens, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. And I can't imagine if somebody is sitting on the porch and they start waving me down as I'm driving. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't wearing no, black underwear. No, no. Some guy sitting there on the porch in underwear, right. screaming at you, waving. You're going to, you're not going to slow down. You're going to speed up and call 911. Yes. Hey man, we got a problem, you uh, know, and uh, uh, because even if it's the owner of the home who's, you know, sitting on the front porch, waving his arms, crazy, wearing underwear, mm-hmm. you, something's not right. Uh huh. You're right. I ain't slowing down. <laughs> no way. liferadio.fm it's the mark and mac show where every day's a party every meal's a feast it's just like mardi gras without the beads but i'm pumped thank you i just keep thinking about this guy sitting on somebody else's porch eight o'clock in the morning in his underwear i mean (laughs) i do that in my house but you know it's my house so (laughs) thinking halloween well i don't know mark you know nobody the the first clue should have been front porch because nobody sits on the front porch anymore that's that's andy griffith stuff you know what i mean yeah in mayberry where everybody sat on the front porch after church you know that sort of thing nobody sit they all sit on the deck out back now or they oh (laughs) or they sit in their living room and look outside through the big picture windows at the deck out back because no i actually look at the out I'm sorry, I look at the outdoors on my TV. Uh, you know, I don't look. Hey, at, you no. pick your window. I'll pick my window. I mean, you know, this is my window to the world. That's the one. You know what's really cool, Mark? And I meant to tell you this a week ago, and I forgot. Uh-oh. But when, well, when we were replacing TVs, and this is a couple of years ago, because well, I we didn't, ha- I didn't have a smart TV. Mm-hmm. I had a dumb TV, mm-hmm. and even though my dumb TV was pretty awesome, yeah. it was back in the days when they were really pushing the uh, 3D stuff. Yeah, and it had a, it it could be a 3D thing, and I was right. excited about that, so I bought it. Of course, that really never came to anything. No. So, you know, I mean, 
And I was the only one that thought it was cool. So, you know, I kind of lost every argument, but it was 65 inches. So when we got ready to upgrade to a smart TV, I remember the discussion. LaDonna's like, well, look, this one's a, this would be a good size TV for the living room. I'm like, it's only 50 inches. She goes, yeah, but that's big enough. I'm like, really? You've been watching a 65-inch screen. You really think this is going to work? I mean, it's not. You're going to notice. Now, it took a little convincing, okay, because certainly 50, 55 inches is big enough for most living rooms. It's a big TV, yeah. Until you get used to 65. True. And so I've been inching the chairs back a little bit in the living room (laughs) because I want to go to a 75 or 80-inch screen. (laughs) And so I don't think anybody's noticed yet. But I've been moving them back, you know, and it's like, it's funny because they leave little marks in the carpet, you know, and we need new flooring anyway. So as I've been moving these back a little bit at a time to make the screen look, you know, Mm -hmm. I've about got them convinced that, you know, you can't read the writing on there. We probably want to upgrade to a little bit bigger TV, you know. I will tell you this, that the, even though you get the bigger TV, because I have a 70, right, Mm -hmm. hanging on the wall. And I, Mm -hmm. I, I look at that TV every now and then and go. I wish it was a bit bigger than that. Yes, that's you what know? I'm saying. I, I do that. I just I wish it was yep. a little bit. And I and it's and like I could move that. I could take that picture mm-hmm. and move it over here and this one and I could get it. There's still plenty of wall space. I yep. mean, <laughs> what about a projector? I could get a projector. You know, just paint that wall the right color and oh, the whole wall is my screen. <laughs> I think that was a conversation you and I had inside our heads at the same time. Yes. I'm not kidding because you are now Bert. I'm Ernie. We will just go with it because that's what it is. I had the same conversation uh-huh. in my head. Yep. Mm, and they make some I, killer I thought, projectors now. They really do. I need to replace this one ceiling fan because it doesn't work anyway. And I'm like, that's where the projector will go. You don't even have to do yeah. that. They have these. They have these short throw projectors now that can sit like 18 inches from the wall. So you can actually put it on an entertainment center and it throws the picture up on the wall like 18 inches away. Hmm. You don't have to hang it from the ceiling anymore. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. It's the price of a small used car, but it's worth it. I need to go ahead and hook that fan back up. Yes, you I do. I disconnected it, told her it was broken, you know. <laughs> and then, you know, just that, because I've been planning on this. I mean, it's been yeah. a, it has been a real thing for a while. I'll send you some links. I'm, You'll love it. I'm kind of convinced that 80 inches might be the way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it would be. And it, again, now we kind of need it because nobody can actually see the writing on the, you know, the 65 inch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you're going to go 80 I just, inches. Th- they're so cool. I just wish, and I mean this, I, I'm all for being entrepreneurs and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, when we went with HDTV and instead of giving us the better picture, they divided up and sub-channeled yeah. those things, yeah. you know. Local, and so t- local of, TV stations aren't doing what you think they're doing, no. They uh, should be, and they're not. Yeah. But it would be so cool if they did. And then, you know, man, I think you and I might spend a little too much time thinking about this stuff. No, <laughs> because, no, we're guys. This is what we're supposed to do. I am. That and play well, with our tools in caves. the garage. Yeah, we're supposed that, to do this. Yeah, That's the thing. See, if you have a man cave, you don't have to have the tools. You can bury the tools, hire somebody to do the hard work. You know, <laughs> I just need my TV, man. <laughs> the big one. LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Max show, and... You know, it is Friday the 13th. I meant mm. to throw that out there a little bit ago, Mark. Wow. And, Ooh. and you know, we do replay. Uh, we have the podcast, and we occasionally replay different shows. And yeah, so yeah. try not to pretend anything has uh, been pre-recorded, right. you know. But well, it's, it's we, by the way, it's also Danny Bonaducci's birthday. Did you know that? No, I did not. Yes. It just because, wow. you, because you, you've you got this thing, you bring him up yeah. from time to time. It's yep. Danny Bonaducci's birthday. I saw that early this morning. Mm. Yep. Well, yeah, that's a guy that... Um, 
interesting take on things, you know, as yeah. an as a child actor. And I've always thought that even though he could be kind of a an appealing individual at times <laughs> due to his own behavior, but translation translation jerk. <laughs> yeah, and yet he talked about you know when uh, you know having a good idea on, on what you are as a child performer you know yeah and he's you know most children you know they they perform to get you know attention and you know he grew up in a really dysfunctional home his dad was not a nice man mm. his dad was a writer um who ended up writing for television shows and he he was disgusted by himself because he thought he should be writing you know important stuff huh. and to make a living he ended up writing for sitcoms right yeah and he didn't like it danny bonaducci's dad didn't like it when anybody changed a word, you know, if they, when they were performing, if they changed a word, he was just, Oh, he lost it. But he was violent and physically violent with Danny as a kid. So, so much so that while they were doing the Partridge family, uh, that at times Shirley Jones would take Danny home with her for the weekend mm. uh, and let her hang out with her kids. And, uh, Dave Madden who played Ruben Kincaid yeah, also, yeah. uh, yeah, the thing is Danny Bonaducci talks about it. He goes, well, you know, Dave Madden, um, had a place on Malibu and you know he had been around for a while um and so he had a lot of uh, celebrity connections and they would come over to his Malibu place and hang out you know and just do what people did that had money in the 70s you know mm. he said that not the best environment for a 10 or 12 year old <laughs> no, you know I wouldn't think so <laughs> but uh, he said that Dave Madden when they were driving down uh, I don't know what highway it was but a winding highway along the coast of California the Pacific Coast and highway. they were talking about driving and Danny was talking about having to get his learner's permit, you know, and learning to drive. And so Dave Madden said, well, I'll help you, you know, I'll help you learn. And uh, so while they're driving, Dave had a convertible something or other, and he fakes having a heart attack. Oh, great. <laughs> and, I mean, he's full-on faking this heart attack, and Danny has to grab the wheel. And, you know, he thinks it's a joke at first, but it ain't a joke. It's just, it, anyway, it was just funny because he's writing about this going, I thought it was real. I thought he was dying, you know, but anyway, he wrote a book Bonaduce did called uh, random acts of badness, I think. Mm. And, uh, it was an interesting take. He's, you know, shares his life story and it, his take on being a child celebrity. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he said that when, you know, whenever he hears child stars blame their drug addiction or whatever on being a child, a child star, he said, you know, he'd been to rehab so many times, but he goes, been to so many rehabs there'll be you know four dentists and a doctor and whatever he said but i'm the only child star there he goes so <laughs> what does that tell you you know <laughs> life radio.fm the mark and mag show just singing a song friday the 13th mark you got me off on a rant on bonaducci you know well i mean i saw it and i thought oh he'd be yeah. interested in that it's his birthday yes so, i yeah. am and i appreciate you pointing it out yeah. but you know um <laughs> there yeah. are so many bonaducci stories that have you know the mm. the only learning thing is you know you, you you don't mind telling a crazy story if there's something to be gained or learned you know yeah, from yeah, it yeah there isn't there's no point <laughs> you know it's like you see the train wreck uh -huh. are you going to keep looking for the head rolling down the hill or yeah. just going to go i mean that's yeah. really what you're mounting to mm. all right right even as an Headline. adult looking back over his childhood i mean did you make did yeah. you make any decisions or any changes to your life that 
actually are are like a comparison that was then this is now no not really so <laughs> but he did you know he has done well for himself yeah and, uh, he, i will tell you what though just one last little bonaducci thing he was talking about when he was going through a really tough time and uh, you know he did marry uh granted they divorced because of his behavior eventually but <laughs> yeah um, like he i married, said <laughs> yeah his his first wife or he married her um they went on a date uh, it was when he had uh, moved out to Arizona. I think he got fired in Philadelphia. And he was out in Phoenix and doing, and he got hired by a radio station that um, made him go on the air and say Danny Partridge. <laughs> he didn't get to be Bonaduce. Oh, that's funny. And you know, so he thought, well, the workaround is just call myself Danny. You know, mm. and they're like, no, it's you have to say Partridge three times an hour at least. Anyway, oh, man. so. He was kind of frustrated at that and a few other things, but they were drug testing him and all that. And he meets, he goes out on a, a blind date and, um, they have a lot of fun. And at the end of the date, you know, he's, he's going for it. And the girl says, Nope, I'm a Christian. We're not doing that. You know? Yeah. And, uh, anyway, she goes, I'm the, the first man I sleep with is going to be my husband. Right. Good for her. And Danny goes to the phone book, finds a preacher says, let's get married. <laughs> and they did. Okay. And the next day they wake up and he says, I, you know, I'm going to run her off. You know, I'm a, bit a jerk here. Yeah. And uh, he says, oh, gosh, man, that was a crazy night last night. I, uh, I, I, I got to get up and go to work. I, I, what's your name? Oh, gosh. <laughs> okay. And she looks at him. She goes, it's uh, Mrs. Bonaduce, <laughs> you know, and that was it. He was like, okay, you know, and they remained married for years. And yeah. she actually really fought hard to keep him off drugs and anything and, and learned a lot. And there's a lot there, you know, that mm. shows, you know, that she really did help him in a positive way. And during their years together, the guy made an incredible comeback. If you remember, I mean, he had the, you know, all kind of built uh, over a period of time where he had a talk show. Mm -hmm. He had a number of things going on mm -hmm. uh, doing radio. He was a radio host in L.A. Uh, at an adult contemporary station there. Yeah. And anyway, had a lot of successes going on. And then he signed on to do a show for VH1 called Breaking Bonaduce. Mm. Remember? That? Yeah, and I do, yeah. that was a show, a reality show, in quotes, where... He, as a performer, as an entertainer, knew he had to outdo himself each episode. And because his, uh, he's nuts, man. I mean, this is a guy that, you know, he would just try to do, he just did one crazy thing after another. And it's like, eventually everybody got sick of it. You're an mm. adult. Stop acting like you're 12, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, anyway, he ended up losing his radio gig, ends up in rehab, loses his wife. And now he's doing mornings in Seattle. He's remarried. And apparently I say apparently, cause I don't know. Apparently, his life is on track, and he's now settled into uh, being in his late 50s, early 60s, whatever he is. You know, it's his birthday today, so happy birthday, Danny Bonaducci. He's 62. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, I think he's settled into that that stage of life now, mm. and, and good for him, you know. Yeah. But he did talk about, you know, David Cassidy, and at, his, at one of his lowest points, David Cassidy called him, and uh, he was on, it was when he beat up the transvestite hooker in Arizona. And uh, David Cassidy called and said, you got to quit being the punchline of your own joke. Wow. Your life can't be the punchline. And he yeah. goes, I'm going out on tour. Um, I, I will hire you to be my opening act under certain conditions if you'll do it. And then he's like, I'd love to, but I, I'm not allowed to leave the state. You know, <laughs> I, 
<laughs> and so, yeah, so David Cassidy calls the judge and actually said, I will be responsible for him. Hmm. And the judge said, okay. And that's how he got him out of, out of everything and took him out on tour, you know? And anyway, in the end, he said, you know, David Cassidy ended up being the best big brother a guy could ever have. Hmm. And you know, when you, you know, when you watch somebody on television and we all know that's a character they're playing and yeah. we become attached to them in that character. And right. sometimes we, but in this particular case, David Cassidy was a good man who looked out for Danny Bonaducci. Yeah. I always thought that was very cool. Yeah. Made me feel better about being a huge fan of David Cassidy yeah. back in the day. Still have his poster on the wall. I covered up with this picture of flowers and stuff, but every now and again, I take it down and just look, you know, I'm like, man. That's a good-looking dude, man. I mean, not that I would switch teams or anything, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm kind of worried now. LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Max Show. Friday the 13th edition, Mark. And, uh, you know, I'm not a big person like on Friday the 13th oh, no. and stuff I, like that. You actually, know? I, hadn't, I hadn't even thought about it until you mentioned it just then. I only did because it's popped up in a bunch of social media stuff. Yeah. That's the only reason. Huh. And I'm not big in Halloween, you know, and yeah. stuff. I, I dig the candy, you know, but oh yeah, it's like, I, you know, you, you can buy that candy. It's not like it only comes out, you know, oh, at know. other people's houses, but and, you know, and right now it's very good. convenient because all the stores are all ready for Halloween oh, right now. So I know go get your candy. They, they've got it piled and, up just for you. It's right there. The thing that I've never understood. And I know we talk about this and, and most people feel the same way, but it's like, Right now, I mean, from June, late June, first two weeks of July, all of the uh, summer stuff you need for summer <laughs> starts getting pushed aside for Halloween. Yep. And, well, back to school, but Halloween starts getting decorated. And you're talking about it's July, you know, yep. and, and, of course, Christmas starts popping up in August. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm not kidding when I tell you that it it's like I understand why they do it, but what boggles my mind is you realize the pool supplies that you sell in the store in you know march april may that people that have a pool are, still need that stuff in august right. when it's the hottest part of the year yep but it's gone and you know it, it's i tell you what uh, gets me is watching uh because we've been we've been contemplating this trip in january so i've been yeah. watching you know just kind of see how things are going in the in like out in orlando in the disney parks right. and such and i'm and i'm watching these videos and people walking around in sweats and t-shirts with fans and, and cooling towels and you know and umbrellas to keep the yeah. you know themselves shaded and stuff like that and halloween decorations everywhere it's right. just really really weird it's Nuts. 95 degrees yeah and there's pumpkins everywhere it's yep. just weird hey all right, now I know Mark's Mark looking at a, a Disney trip uh, yeah. in the first part of the year. And may happen, it, may what is happen. the weather like in January? I'm just curious. Uh, the highs around 70, 72. Uh, wow. Down into the 50s at night. I wow. have been there uh, in the fall, in the late fall, when it's gotten down into the mid 40s at night, which is really, yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you're not ready for it, that's cold. But yeah, uh, I got you. So, but that's, that's not too bad. We've done that before. We did it once, uh, yeah. many years ago we went and the, everything closes a little early and, yeah. and there was one, that's when I went to see, um, um, the aviator and I told okay. you about seeing yeah, it on that digital that. screen. Yeah. You know? And, yeah, uh, I remember that. and, uh, so we were but, looking for things to do at night. Mm -hmm. So we went to the movies, right? Wow. Because the parks were all yeah. closed. 
Wow. So January 10th is the anniversary for the show. Yeah. I'm just thinking if it's in the mid seventies or low seventies, that's like perfect. Uh, you would think, and I mean this in a very broad sense, you would think that that would be the time the park Disney would be the most full, mm. you know, not, uh, not July or August. You know, oh yeah. But yeah. But also that is uh, right after the Christmas holiday season, sure. Christmas, okay. new years, and then yeah. All the families have got their kids back in school again. Yeah, and so, okay. you know, they, and so what they've done over the years is they found other ways to market that time. Right. And right at that time, right before that, that day, the January, January 9th is about when we're looking at actually mm -hmm. right about then. Right. that weekend, it's the marathon weekend. So they've got the Disney marathon and all what that is that it's people for three, three, four days where they, they come down and they run a marathon. It's oh. runners. I thought it was, I thought it was watching movies. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, for you and me, okay. that's what that would be. Yeah. But these are people who who every year they go down and they run the Disney Marathon. And uh -huh. it's they just run 26 point whatever miles on Disney property. Wow. All through the parks and everything. Huh. And it's actually okay. pretty cool. I've seen yeah. I've seen GoPro footage of people who've run the marathon through the parks and oh there goes the castle and over there goes this and other and yeah. they're going through by all that stuff running a marathon. And it's and if wow. you're a runner, that's cool. It's expensive. But, like uh, and, and, huh, okay. but the thing is that right after the marathon is a dead spot where it's a low time. Oh, okay. So you've got, you've got fewer people there. Those people who right. run the marathon, they might stay a couple of days and hang around the parks, but they're, they're all people with kids. They got to go back home yeah. too. So that's why they do that right. on a weekend. Okay. And so that next week is it's, it's okay. a, it's a low spot, which is why we're thinking about going then. All right. Then yeah. it's time for Dave's magic to work on the magic kingdom. I'm Woo! on it. I will see if we can get that studio and do our show from oh, the that would be you know. awesome. That would yeah. be great. All right. I'm on it. Right, but that Mark, would mean I'd I'm, have to get up early. Yes. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show where... You know, with it being Friday the 13th, and you know as brides plan their weddings, <laughs> they probably avoid this day, I'm guessing. I don't right. know. But <laughs> we do have bridezilla stories that pop up a lot, yeah. and they keep getting weirder and yeah. weirder, it seems. But this one, I almost understand, Mark. Yeah, I, I wouldn't classify this as a bridezilla story. I, no. would, I would say this is a sanity kicks in story. <laughs> <laughs> a bride called off her wedding just a few hours before the final ceremony took place uh, in India last week. She made the big decision due to the bad behavior of the groom's relatives. Now, you, you're thinking, what, what, have the Clampets come to town? <laughs> well, That's what I was thinking, yeah. India. Really? Yeah, yeah, in India. And it is a lot like the, the Clampets came to town. The 22-year-old bride identified as Iram canceled her wedding with Shazad after her uncle was injured by celebratory gunfire. According to the news report, the, the firing was done by the groom's guests at the wedding venue. She said, the bride said, if his family is behaving this way in front of my whole family, how will they behave when I will be alone with him at their place? Wow. Reportedly, when the bride called off her wedding with Shazad, her family members broke the groom's car, thrashed his relatives, and also held them hostage for some time. 
<laughs> and she was worried. Yes. After being alerted about the incident, police reached the spot and brought the situation under control. According to the police, the video footage of the wedding ceremony is being investigated to identify those who opened fire. Meanwhile, a complaint has been registered against the groom, Shahzad, and his brother, Papu, uh, brothers Papu and Sanu, for attempted murder apparently of the uncle the woman's uncle who got injured during the celebratory gunfire is said to be in a stable condition though but, wow but it's like it's like these two hillbilly families come to town for a wedding and everything goes crazy and see when i first saw the groom's name i thought it was shazam and i thought you know <laughs> billy was gonna have a red shirt on everything you know wow yep. i thought only this stuff happened like in you know mississippi you know <laughs> apparently Jeff Foxworthy was right. Rednecks are everywhere. LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac show. Some of the things Mark comes up with when music is playing, I really do worry about you, man. I'm sorry. I, I know that therapy isn't something we, you know, really, we kind of do it on the air. I was just thinking, the one it just hit me, what I just said reminded me about when uh, Kanye had, uh, you know, Kanye had moved from L.A., and he bought some place out out west, you know, in another western state. And, well, it uh, was his name. Yeah. So we were. I was joking about it with Scott Dawson one day. We were working on his podcast. I said, "Yeah, Kanye's got a new little place. It's called Montana." <laughs> Bless his heart. <laughs> yes. And that's just that's kind of where that came from. Anyway. Well, hey man, there's a young couple mm-hmm. that actually prefers to live in the past. Mm-hmm. Now, I see the headline, and I'm thinking, okay. I understand going, I understand certain aspects that, you know, we have of our life, decorating our homes, things like that. Hobbies. How yeah. far are these people going with a 1930s lifestyle when 70% of the decade was the Great Depression? <laughs> I don't know. A British couple, Ruth Shelley, she's 28, and Robert Ostman, he's 27, have sworn off modern day amenities. Well, most of them anyway. The young couple has reverted back to 1930s pastimes, technology, and fashion. Shelley and Ostman own a vintage car and wear vintage clothing and decorated their home to match their 1930s aesthetic. They also don't watch TV and instead hmm. listen to wartime music on a gramophone. <laughs> gramophone. <laughs> okay. One of their favorite recipes, a Depression-era mm-hmm. meatloaf made with tomato soup. The couple has credited their lifestyle to benefiting their relationship, allowing the two to be present in the moment as opposed to glued to Netflix or on our phones. Shelley, a research historian, explained that as a couple, they're captivated by history and try to implement as many 1930s lifestyle choices as possible into their lives. She Hmm. did, however, acknowledge that it does turn some heads. Quote, this style isn't something you could wear if you're shy, as we do get stared at a lot. (laughs) We don't mind at all, and it's often positive feedback. The elderly love it as it's like a flashback for them. Sometimes people stop us and ask for photos, which is totally (laughs) fine. Robert and I dress like this all of the time, as we (laughs) are in love with the style. Robert (laughs) mainly wears a suit and a flat cap, whereas I may wear clothing from the 1930s to 1940s. Robert explained where his preferences stem from. He said, as a kid, my grandparents used to watch a lot of old films. They were inspirational. As I grew older, I began reading a lot of books, and my style stems from stuff like that. 
He adds that he had certain qualms with modern day fashion. He says, I also don't like the sound uh, or the sound modern synthetic clothes make when I was walking. Our <laughs> wardrobe is unique and different to today's extremely casual. There's nothing wrong with casual, but it's not for me. Mm. Now, Shelley adds that although their home and lifestyle are rooted in the 1930s, they do embrace one modern convenience. They have cell phones. She says, we both have smartphones as they are useful when you're alone to contact people. But Robert would ditch his phone in a heartbeat. Oh, well, that's cool. Yeah. That sounds interesting. I mean, and they're not, they don't seem freaky. I mean, you talk about a couple made for one another. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's interesting and uh, I'm glad that they seem to have a good attitude about mm-hmm. people staring, you know, cause in this day and age, if you spend more than a second looking at somebody, you're accused of being a racist homophobe, you know, whatever kind of phobe. Yeah. So now, I mean, people staring at these guys, they are encouraging it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't know, man. I, I think it's interesting. I would like to see their home. I mean, yeah, I, the pictures it's attached to the article, yeah. it's all very 1930s, you know, I I'm just thinking. There's so many things we take for granted yeah. now because they're it's really cool. I, yeah. I think about that when I'm driving one of my older cars, you know, and I'm yeah. like, doesn't have to be this way, Dave. <laughs> you know, I've chosen this path. What I'm thinking is that these two basically have just made it a point for their entire lives to be a comic con and they can dress up all the time. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know what? You're right. That is where it is. They, uh-huh. Now they're going to start their own, you know, comic con only to be thirties con. Yep. <laughs> and, <laughs> Again, if you can have all the benefits of the depression, the bad food, the no, you know, I mean, but cell service, yeah. we're in. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking on, what was it? The, uh, the one, uh, the Marvel uh, Captain America, uh-huh. when he's in the future and, and he's talking to the guy who becomes the flying guy and flying guy. you know, that didn't have a jetpack. I don't know. I don't know enough about these guys. Ultron? The Falcon. The Falcon. Oh, the thing. I don't know. He had anyway. Anyway. Yeah, he was. uh, Anyway, he was. uh, They were talking about, you know, just coming of of age and, Mm -hmm. you know, and he was like, you know, uh, the food's a lot better now. (laughs) We used to boil everything, you know, back then. I remember that. Yeah. Like now we actually cook food to taste. You know, it's not just, you know, whatever. But I get it. I mean, I think it's interesting. And if you can find that person in your Mm -hmm. life, because, you know, some people are truly passionate about baseball, for example, you know, and that becomes their life of listening or watching it, whatever. And, mm-hmm. uh, their homes are decorated as such. I mean, people have yeah. little things that they dig and I think it's neat. I, I think it's fascinating. I, you know, I'm, <laughs> I was actually watching Bonnie and Clyde the other day, you know, wow. with the, uh, uh, Faye Dunaway and, uh, Warren Beatty film hmm. and, yep, you know, and I was, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. thinking, well, why do you do this? But they were, you know, the clothing they were wearing, the style and all that. Yeah. Okay. All I right. got it. By the way, are you ever going to give my NASCAR plates back? No. LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac show. And Mark, I saw a story popped up yesterday. I didn't have a chance to talk to you about it, but just very quickly, it's a family dollar store. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to get the whole thing here. Okay. it. <laughs> the thing that got me is, of course, family dollar store and dollar general you know yeah. that they kind of are the same type of a store yeah um but they're anyway at a family dollar store in lincoln nebraska they were forced to temporarily close when the entire staff fed up with poor pay uh management long hours all walked off the job wow okay the uh <laughs> this past sunday 
the store's assistant manager named Brianna Feller actually, uh, and they had a one employee, the, the only cashier they had left actually put a farewell sticker on the door. It said, we all quit. Sorry for the inconvenience. (laughs) (laughs) Feller told Fox business that, uh, they were the only two working at the store. Everyone else, including the store's manager had already quit. Wow. Said the problem started three to four months ago when the store lost all of its cashiers and its other assistant manager due to alleged issues with the manager. Uh Uh-oh. Yep. The working conditions were so bad, she says, because it was a never-ending cycle of trying to play catch-up with everything. Mm. We had five employees max at all times. You can't run a whole store with five employees. Mm. Trying to hire new people was nearly impossible, she said. She goes, we couldn't keep any cashiers hired because... They only made $10 an hour, and it definitely wasn't worth the pay for everything we had to expect them to do. Hmm. Uh, They're only supposed to work up to 20 hours a week, and they were working 35 to 40. In one case, she said that a recently hired employee going to the bathroom and never returning. Hmm. She said most of the new hires would leave in a matter of days. There was a big flush. They never heard yeah, from him again. That was it. Gone. <laughs> well, you know, I was going to tell you that there have been a number of stories here in Alabama where, uh, especially with fast food restaurants, where yeah. they had to change and are still changing their operational hours because of a lack of employees. Yeah, yeah. we've and seen Hannah, the same kind of story with fast food like McDonald's. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's what I was saying. Then mm-hmm. Hannah actually told me the other day that uh, where she works, they'd interviewed a number of people trying to find a couple of you know people to work, mm-hmm. and was talking about how people are coming in for interviews, not dressed appropriately. Right. You know, yeah. Um, said there was one girl that came in, and she was wearing her pajamas. That's and. Nice. Yeah. Looked like she just pulled her hair back and got up, pulled her hair in a ponytail and came on in. And right. um, again, wearing, we're not talking about the neat, you know, nice yeah. and neat, expensive. We're talking about sloppy, slovenly yeah. and not wearing shoes, but those slippers, the, the, wearing the kind of uh, slippers that the back part of it, where it goes around your, you know, the heel, mm-hmm. it's, it, they're not made to be slipped on that way. They're made to be worn, but you know, the person never actually puts oh, yeah. them on all the they way just, and they, they just step walk on them down. Yeah. 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 And anyway, she was talking about this girl coming in for an interview and things are so bad. They actually wanted to hire her. Okay? Wow. Yeah. Wow. And the thing is, is that she said people will come in, they'll work their training day because they get paid for training right. and you know, they don't come back oh, and yeah. it's, it's oh, like you, it's not a and you know it's not a bad environment. It's just they just don't want to work. And you were telling me that uh, it that uh, you had seen where I think it was McDonald's was offering daily pay. Remember? Yeah, that was when yeah. uh, in Florida when we were on vacation. Yeah, I, we were actually at a McDonald's and on the drive-through sign it was you know needing uh, employees and it did say get paid daily. Wow! And I thought this is this is going beyond anything yeah, i ever is. thought i'd see there's a place uh, uh nearby in a little town called oniana where jane and i have been several times it's a it's like a cajun restaurant and um we really liked it at the beginning but over the past year they've been really struggling and i have seen several times within the last month where they've put apologies on social media sorry we can't open tonight we don't wow. have enough staff to cover the dining room. Ugh. We can't. We can open the bar, but we can't open the dining room. Uh, wow. uh, by the way, the band. We're still going to have the thing. The band's coming in Friday night, Saturday night. This they're going to be here. So please come. But we the restaurant's not open. We don't have enough staff. And wow. that's. And this is not this this place is uh, is not a small place. Right. You know it's a. Wow. And it, I don't know how you fix this. You I, know because yeah. by now unemployment money has run out yeah. and uh i know we've talked about this before and i'm not knocking anybody 
uh, that gets government assistance uh, mm. for anything because there are certainly, and I'm thankful we have, I am thankful we have a safety net for yeah. those who have right. you know really yeah. found themselves down on their luck or whatever you want to call it. But um, I'm glad we have the programs we have. We have many, many programs beyond uh, what you know about. There are lots oh, of programs yeah. you've never heard of. Yeah. And that's what happens when somebody gets into the system, okay, and they get food stamps. Um, they they immediately learn of all the other overlapping programs that can provide additional supplies and help. Right. Uh, that's why if you ever noticed on the counter, it says EBT um, cash or EBT food. I don't know exactly huh. what that means, except that I'm assuming EBT cash means you get cash on that card, you know. But anyway, I'm not knocking anybody that needs help for you know brief periods of time, but it's not supposed to be a lifestyle. It's supposed to be a, a, a hand up not a handout. And we've gotten to the point now where I believe this uh, recent COVID thing was, I believe it was designed to do exactly what it did. And that is to break people down, uh, you know, to realizing that, yeah, you don't really want to work. And And now that that's one of those things that people will say, Oh, now that's just crazy talk. But no, when you look at, you look at the pattern in other nations and other countries before they started preaching, really preaching socialism hard right. and talking about, see how this system has failed. It's failed you. Mm-hmm. It's failed you. Uh, yeah. This very same thing has happened in those countries where yeah. they basically, they sabotage their own economies right. and then say, well, you have to, yeah, you have to, because well, in a, a, a capitalist economy is the only economy set up that wasn't set <laughs> run, run by dictators basically. Right. And it actually has been very successful, but in order to, to, to overthrow it, you have to make it look like it's a failure. Right. And that's what's and happening. Yeah. You have to, there's a couple of things they do. The class warfare is one of them yes, to divide yeah. people by, they True. divide us by the color of our skin. Mm-hmm. They divide us by religion mm-hmm. and of course, finances, whether, whether or not make, we've been vaccinated, vaccinated yeah. or not. Yes. Anything they yeah. can to divide and separate because you know, the, it's just the mob mentality that they understand, you know, one person can be reasoned with a mob can be swayed in one very powerful direction. And that's what they've done. They've divided up everybody, made them feel weaker, supplied them with money and food. And now they, you know, it's that jump. And like I said, historically speaking, it's been done before and I'm hopeful. I am hopeful that enough Americans are looking at this saying, you know what, homeboy, I'm not playing this game. Um, I'm a little disappointed to see places that need help and people not working. That bothers me because, yeah. Yeah. you know, when you have unemployment numbers, usually it's there's not enough jobs out there. Yeah. Right now, we've got more jobs available and people that just don't want to do them. Yeah. And right go to the no, mailbox and go to work. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, you're settling for an allowance, you know, and yeah, I, I you know, I've I know we got a break, but yeah. when I was a kid and I had friends that got an allowance and I've told you this before, they would go to the skating rink and they would go to the movies and they would talk about all the fun they had. And we didn't have that. We were, right. a, we had five children and we were not well off financially. Mm. We were poor yeah. and we had food to eat, but man, this was a time when you didn't choose what you ate. It was on your plate. <laughs> you better eat it. Cause that's all you got. Ah, uh, the good old days. Yeah. But I actually, you know, because I wanted to do those things too, you know, I wanted to go. My folks were like, you know, we didn't get an allowance. So I mowed yards and babysat and did things to make money on my own. And I told you, you know, all of a sudden when my friends uh, would run out of their allowance. If they wanted to do something, they had to beg mom and dad, you know, for more money or negotiate, you know, yeah. and get a little bit for next week's allowance. Yeah. I didn't because my parents didn't give me an allowance. I earned the money and I only went, I went skating once, mm. one time. And I was like, 
I worked too hard for this money to throw it away doing this. This is ridiculous. And so I didn't, you know, yeah. and all, all of a sudden I didn't ask my parents for money. If there was something I wanted to do, mm. I had my own. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you, that's what the government is. Mom and dad handing yeah. you an yeah. allowance. They're yeah. telling you, this is what we're giving you and you have to be good with it. Mm. Or you can go do it on your own, have whatever you want and do whatever you want. Right. Having and doing whatever you want is what the American dream is made of yeah. uh, not accepting what they, and I'm telling you, you're an adult and you're letting another adult tell you, this is all you get. This mm. is, this is good enough for you. Mm. No, you need more. Go get it. Life radio.fm. The Mark and Mac show cruising along, singing a song. It's Friday the 13th. Baby. Woo-hoo. I guess we'll have to watch that series of movies today. Oh, no. If I had to do that, I'd put them on fast forward and mute, you know? <laughs> be about it. Walk back in the room. Okay, it's done. I can claim I saw it. <laughs> right. Be about it. Mm-hmm. Headline. Headline from Mark Congleton. What did you eat? Yeah. Now, this can go so many different ways, yes, you know? You're going to yes. show it who's boss? What are you going to do here? <laughs> Tell me what I'm looking at, Mark. Well, uh, a, a veterinarian here in the United States removed enough underwear from a dog's stomach (laughs) that it would cover every day of the week tiki the black lab is recovering after having 62 hair bands eight pair of underwear a band-aid and four elastic uh bands surgically removed from her stomach all you had to do was put them in the laundry basket or the trash, but you couldn't be bothered with that, could you? The pooch was taken to a Pennsylvania animal hospital after the dog failed to respond to medication used to treat vomiting and diarrhea. The dog was sent in for x-rays, which revealed a large mass in her stomach. A two-hour exploratory surgery was performed, and Dr. Hisham Ibrahim says... I found this hairband attached to another hairband, to another one, to another, and to other things. Other things indeed. Indeed, four rubber bands, a band-aid, eight pair of underwear, sixty-two hairbands. That's a lot to be in a dog's stomach, especially And a partridge in a pear tree. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, for Friday the thirteenth, Danny Partridge in a pear tree. <laughs> liferadio.fm it's the mark and mac show and we appreciate you joining us uh, we appreciate you downloading the app and taking us with you wherever you go we appreciate you sharing it on facebook and uh, other social media outlets that just says hey listening to mark and mac on life radio that's you know we appreciate it we really do thank you mark, now there is something mark that happens and uh, it, it's not always a mom sometimes it's a dad or a True. grandparent or yeah. whatever but um I'm married to one, okay, <laughs> that that will do things that I'm like, you know, let the kids work it out, okay? And like children can can play a game of kickball for days, okay? Just keeping up with the score and they keep playing and they work the rules out. They work everything out and just have fun playing a game. Yeah. You insert parents into the mix and within 10 minutes there's a fight, you know. <laughs> or the, the kids, kids are, are miserable arguing. and they don't want to play anymore. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. and the other parents are coming to defend Johnny's honor. I mean, next yeah. thing you know, you've got a brouhaha where the uh fan, the, the neighborhood families have gotten together and have hired an official, you know, to come out there and, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, but that and they form a league. Well, we need to have and we need to make sure that the uh the child that lives down the street in the wheelchair that he can play if he wants to. And it's like, really? Yeah. It all started on the sandlot. You remember that movie? Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah. That's how yeah. without parents, 
kids will play like that and oh, they yeah. will have a blast yes but they with will. parents boom and so eventually you wind up with one guy in the stands who's always saying hey blue yeah. <laughs> who would there that you be? go who would that be so here we have a mom who decided to ruin the game i don't know if she did or not it's typically <laughs> well, frowned upon to run wait a minute the, yes the headline mom tackles two-year-old <laughs> that ran onto soccer field mid-game uh-huh. and I'm saying she ruined the game because she should have let the two-year-old run or she should have left him at home. Either you let the kid get out there and play or you don't bring him. How does the two-year-old get away from you? <laughs> That's the big question. I'm asking, how does it, How does a two-year-old get away from you so far in the stands that they can make it onto the field of play, Mark? <laughs> yep, good question. Uh, it is typically frowned upon to run onto the field during a game. But one mom actually is being praised for doing so at a recent soccer match in Ohio. Instead of trying to disrupt the game, she was instead running to catch her young son, who had also run out onto the field. The crowd cheered when Morgan Tucker caught up with her two-year-old son, Zadek. Can I just stop for a moment on that name? Zadek. Z-A-Y-D-E-K. D-E-K. Zadek. Mark, I want you to stop on the fact that they cheered when she caught up to a two-year-old. Two. <laughs> Zadek. I mean, now I want to know, is this woman being filmed for my 600-pound life? You know? <laughs> well, she, because she did tackle him, so maybe it was. two. I'm, you know what? I'm here. Okay, here's the thing. Here's why they cheered, Dave. Here's why they cheered. Okay. It was a soccer game. There was right. more action happening yeah. with the mom and the toddler than gotcha. there was anything else. Gotcha. People are going, oh, is a football game breaking out? Yeah. <laughs> That's what they I were thinking, you. Okay. you know? Yeah. <laughs> but still, yeah. Zadek. Yeah. I mean, what do they do? Read a prescription bottle mm. for this kid's name? I just want to yeah. know. Anyway, mm. fortunately, Tucker was able to catch the, her son and get him off the field before he suffered any injuries. She said, I was like, zoom, hopped into mom mode. I hopped over the fence, started sprinting after him. That's when I split and tackled him. Uh, Tucker continued to explain that she was worried that her son would accidentally get hit by the ball or one of the players. She said, the game was still going the whole, going the whole time, and that's why I was so nervous. Like, we have to get off the field before we get drilled or hit in the head. Well, based on the crowd's reaction, they appeared to be impressed with Tucker's moves. Quote, they weren't they were not cheering for the players at that point because when I went down, I heard the whole stadium go, Oh, and as I stood up, they started clapping and cheering. Well, Zadek is a, apparently a big fan of soccer, just wanted to play when he ran onto the field. According to his mom, he'll have to wait until he can enroll in youth soccer when he turns three. Oh, but, and with a name like Zadek, he's gonna get no, he's not gonna get beat up. It's soccer. Yeah, he did. Mom did kind of do this uh, slide tackle, okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm serious. Uh, the thing is, here's my problem with it, okay? Yeah, I know. How do you get I loose? mean, she's on Good Morning America, uh-huh. getting all this attention and everything else. How did the two-year-old get away? Mm-hmm. How did a two-year-old get away from you so fast that he could get to the field? You're watching a game. You've got a two-year-old. How? I've had him, you know? <laughs> I, yeah, I know. I think maybe the reason she's she's basking in the spotlight so to speak and calling attention to how everybody loved what happened and they're playing her up as the hero is that if she yeah. doesn't then dhr is going to be on her doorstep right yeah and this is what she says it, it's kind of like when the officer pulls you over for drunk driving i only had two I beers just two this is what she told good morning america uh-huh. she only turned her head for one second right uh-huh right Look, man, I got kids. I know how fast they can move. But 
this is what she says, you know, that her son <laughs> decided to slide under a fence and dash toward the players in the middle of the game. Uh, it takes a little longer than one second uh, for a child to, yeah. he's two, okay? Oh, yeah. They're, they're not the most coordinated, okay? And little stubby legs and yeah. 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 I'm, listen, if, if, if Americans, and I'm, I'm counting on you, America, I really am. Yeah. If Americans have a brain or any kind of sense of justice at all, you'll be mass mailing this woman those little leash harnesses that you put mm, on kids. Right. You know? Oh, yeah. Look, <laughs> man, this is what it a, says. Her porch should be covered with these things by the end yep. of the weekend. <laughs> but the article, actually, you know, the national thing says, in what could only be called a gut reaction, Tucker sprinted after Zadek, catching up with the little boy in record speed. Oh, really? He's two. <laughs> He's two. They don't run that fast. No, they don't. There's a sloth going in. You know? He's two. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> liferadio.fm it's the mark and max show and uh, you know mark i don't know where people come up with stuff like friday the 13th is a bad whatever day you know triscodecophobia Uh, yeah yeah triscodecophobia yeah the fear of friday the 13th oh it's a thing it is okay step on a crack break your mother's back yeah friday the 13th (laughs) crackophobia i mean (laughs) i like triscuits but uh, that's it oh see now you've gone from comedy to snacks i approve (laughs) (laughs) yeah all right mark most of us are creatures of habit you and i talk about this mainly because when you do um when you have um a time sensitive job where being on time is not just a priority it is an absolute because well you know in radio and tv you're like that Mm -hmm. uh you have you are becoming a real creature of habit because your keys have to be in the same spot because early in the morning there's too many cobwebs to try to figure anything out. Yep. So there is a habitual way that one gets up, get, you know, there's a routine and you stay in that routine for as long as it takes. Right. Yep. We're Indeed. not the only ones. No. Most people are actually creatures of habit, believe yep. it or not. Turns out a study has found that eight in 10 adults are creatures of habit. 80% of us. You eat the same identical breakfast every day, sticking to the same style of clothing, um, even insisting on using the same mug. Hello, Dr. Johnny Fever. You know, the That's same book, you know. <laughs> I know, I'm the I, same way. I got yeah. this one right here. So every day it's the same mug. Yep. Uh, wow. Four in 10, 40% go to bed at the same time every night. Hmm. 56%, this is the weird one, 56% sleep on the same side of the mattress every night. So that's not, that only 56%? Yeah. Only? I'm with you. Yeah. Even when we're somewhere else, like when we were at the hotel on vacation, uh-huh. I had to be in a certain place. That's, you carve out your side of the bed just like at yep. home. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we're talking early. It mm-hmm. was like before they came through the door, I already went, that's me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Planning ahead. I'm used wow. to being in that spot. That's where I'm going to be. Right. You know? And you're right. Only 56%. That's kind of weird, isn't it? I would have thought more. I would have thought hmm. 100%. But, yeah. But i didn't pay for the survey so i wonder if i can mess with that it was Ladonna tonight say hey we need to be part of the 44 percent you know (laughs) so let's we're gonna break the mold baby (laughs) or maybe they're talking about that they don't flip the mattress you know they you know 56 percent sleep on the same side of the mattress you know like you're talking about flipping your mattress every day yeah that's what i'm saying i mean maybe we're maybe we're reading this wrong mark (laughs) 
Maybe we're doing something wrong. Well, if I got to flip a mattress after every day, I'm going to have to hire somebody. Yeah. <gasps> There's our new job. <laughs> we're the flippers. Mark and Mac mattress flippers. There you go. Hey, if you're one of the 44% of Americans that don't sleep on the same side of the mattress every night, call us. We're there to flip you off. The 1-800-DUMB-GUYS. Yeah. liferadio.fm it's the mark and mac show and mark just for a brief moment okay yeah i was thinking about a story we did a little while ago about the uh, the young couple in great britain that lives their life like their private life like in the 30s yes uh, their decorations with the clothes they wear things mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. and i'm not kidding i don't know how this happened i guess it was the idea of listening to the radio and not watching tv and uh, shows like the Lone Ranger, you oh. know, that began on radio. Theater of the mind. Yeah, yeah. But I remember when I was a kid, we used to watch the Lone Ranger, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, on like Saturdays, uh, you know, the, it was one of those things that all those shows that uh, the black and white television shows that I remember as a kid probably were like um, a two reeler they ran at movie houses, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know how yeah. that all worked. But anyway, do you remember doing that? Was that a thing when you were a kid? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, that's, I think that's was, how I got, I think that's how most of us at, at that, us as kids mm-hmm. got introduced to like the three stooges and things like right. that as part of the Saturday, the Saturday routine. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we didn't have, you know, cartoon channels and things like that. It right. was, it was a Saturday morning and that was pretty much it. And I, but I remember that by the time, uh, the Cosby thing, you know, Cosby kids, by the time fat Albert and the gang came on, boy it was time to get out in the yard and start working you know that was like the cutoff if yeah. <laughs> you know okay. they couldn't handle the parents couldn't handle that much longer <laughs> man <laughs> anyway hey uh the green new deal i'm gonna talk about ridiculous stuff yeah um the green new deal right uh and this is featured prominently on the only website that is guaranteed to give you real news day in and day out, just the facts, man. This is the dragnet of news because all of the others have given up. They now just print fiction. This, my friends, the Babylon Bee. This is the right one, right? From the Babylon Bee, the Green New Deal has laughed off as unrealistic when it was uh, was it was laughed off as unrealistic when it was first introduced but its architects were not deterred by the haters and pressed on trying to iron out the details of the plan that will soon save the world in particular their plan to get rid of all cars seemed to be slightly far-fetched as well as their promises to pave the streets with gold and give everyone a carbon neutral unicorn while the Green New Deal's proponents are still stumped by the unicorn question, they, they finally come up with a workable solution for the transportation portion of the plan. The government will provide every person in the country with a guy running behind him or her banging two empty coconut halves together to simulate the sound of a horse galloping. Unfortunately, they ran into another problem when they realized that coconuts aren't native to most parts of the country. They could fly them in, but that would use a lot more carbon, foiling their plan. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez pondered aloud in a Green New Deal brainstorming meeting her, with, her co- uh, with her colleagues. Hmm, do coconuts migrate? <laughs> Senator Ed Markey pointing out that perhaps two European swallows could carry a coconut over uh, to our country together, holding the coconut on a line under their dorsal guiding feathers, said, well, they could be carried. Ocasio-Cortez then accused him of racism for not wanting to use African swallows, and that derailed the whole meeting. 
And, that, and who was the guy from Georgia that actually was concerned about the island tipping over? You know, oh Fra- uh, Frank, what's his name? Um, I think he might have been in this meeting helping he out. You know, well. wow, man. Now, friends, remember yeah. the Babylon Bee. When you want the truth of what's really happening, that's your source for information right there. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Kill this. Mark and Mac are back. The Mark and Mac Show weekday mornings on LifeRadio.fm.